Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Are we doing it? We're going to do it. Is it rolling right now? It's rolling right now. Okay, great. Your husband left, so I was like, do we have to wait for the man to come back and press start? (laughs) Are we? He's the only one who can get this podcast started. (laughs) We're just a couple of girls who don't know how to do any technology. So he leaves for the actual podcast. Yes. But he sets up. He sets it up. Oh, my God. Yeah, he sets it up because I'm like, if he's he's sitting there, I can't fully, I can't talk about my new boyfriends. (laughs) It makes me uncomfortable. No, we actually almost always just record by ourselves. I don't think we've ever really had someone sit in. Mm -mm. Like one time someone's brought like a, a friend when they're the guest and I'm like, it's weird. <laughs> That's a lot. The whole time. Because they're also not on mic, so they're not in a vulnerable position of being recorded. Yeah. Well, and then I feel bad because I'm like, do you want a mic too? Right. But then I'm like, but I don't know who you are. We have literally done that. Yes. We have literally brought someone on mic, the child of someone that uh, that we had on as the guest. Wow. And we said, do, should your son just did it? I would not have done it. But it ended up being really good. But she was just like, your son, do you, should you sit on too? I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, what are you doing? How old was he? Well, he was like a teenager. He was a teenager. Oh, okay. And he was fantastic. It was but, good, actually. But my people-pleasing tendencies were just like, do you want a mic too? Like, I just can't, you know, I just can't let it go. Such a good hostess. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know about that. Just it's because we're in your house. That's what it is. Yeah. You're like, do you need some water? Do you need a water, a mic? Do you need, do you need to promote something? <laughs> What do you need to do? Do you have any baseball games coming up that you want to plug? Shout out to your friends. <laughs> yeah, I know. I used to do a podcast with two of my friends and we during COVID obviously like had some like Zoom guests and there was one where somebody brought like their publicist was on the Zoom, like just kind of just making sure that they don't I think just making sure they didn't say something which I'm like it wasn't like some edgy guest who seemed like they were going to say something crazy or offensive right but I don't know if they were just like well I'm the publicist this is what I do yeah because I'd never seen that with a podcast I've seen people do that before like yeah bringing their manager along to things Mm -hmm. like that and I'm like that just seems like a weird way to try to flex like you're not that important that your manager needs to come along with you to this like e-news blurb for four minutes like right there you're standing in front of a green screen also (laughs) if your manager has time to go to a podcast (laughs) you're not not a great manager probably (laughs) good luck for your manager it's not a great sign I know my manager's schedule. I'm grateful she calls me back. Like I would be, I would fire her so quickly if she was like, "I'll just come hang." <laughs> She's always just like, pod. "Taylor, where are you? You're at lunch. I'll come by. Let's just talk shop." Yeah, I'll come with the pod. We'll I feel quick like interview. I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I had the funniest experience one time where I was like on a on a on a panel on someone's like 
you know, that thing that like, come, it's like the free show that comes up like on your Samsung TV where it's like <laughs> oh. pop daily, you know, right, like, right, you, know, right, you know what yeah. I'm talking yes. about? It's one of those shows. Like so, the hotel room shows. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It, like it's called, I don't know. The ones I don't that like regal cinemas yeah. before the movie. Yeah. It's like, wow, news at like 2.30 PM. Uh-huh. So I was like on a panel on one of those shows. And so I just, you know, showed up and there was four other people on the panel and they had like their team with them. You know, it was like they brought their assistant, their makeup artist, their manager, whoever had like three people sitting around all of them. And I was also like the youngest one there. And they were all kind of like pseudo celebrity mothers in like their like early 40s, late 30s. And so I was just kind of sitting there like, God damn, like I do not know what I like. (laughs) I got to do something different here. And the guy, the mic guy who's miking everyone up asked me to move. He goes, hey, we're miking people up. Can you like move to the side? And I was like, like, I'm one of the panels. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm actually one of them too. I know I don't have like an entourage of people with me. I also need a mic. Sorry. (laughs) Not to inconvenience you, but I need one too. (laughs) But like a mic and a glass of water. Thank you. (laughs) So yeah, that was interesting. But but it's funny to me where people like want, they need like their team to serve. To yeah. buffer them yeah, when they yeah, go yeah. places. Okay. Well, should we just get into this? Yeah. I mean, we're already. Listen, broads, the guest who we've been talking to over the past few minutes brought an entire <laughs> team with her. <laughs> I was going to say, that's why Taylor has her manager, assistant, and makeup artist. They're in the living room. Living room. Yeah. yeah. There's 17 people. Evan's They're all entertaining them. So many calls. Yeah. <laughs> it's Taylor Tomlinson. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming. Thank I'm you. So excited. Okay, before we dive into our conversation with the amazing Taylor Tomlinson broads, if the recent resurgence of velour tracksuits and low-rise denim has proven one thing, it's that what was once old will always become new again, so it's in your best interest to have at least one super reliable vintage source, because if you're like me, you tossed those low-rise jeans out and had high hopes you would never ever have to see them again, but you know, here we are. Oh my god, yes. I never thought I'd see the day when everyone else was looking for those again. I've been in love with them still since 2005, so I'm loving it. But alas, here we are. One of the first places I go when looking for specific vintage trends is on ThreadUp. They're the largest online thrift store where you can save up to 90% off everything from Gap to Gucci, baby. And just for our listeners, ThreadUp is offering a deal on your first order. Head to ThreadUp.com and get up to an additional 50% off plus free shipping on your first order. That's ThreadUp.com for an extra 50% off plus free shipping on your first order just by heading to ThreadUp.com. That's T H R edup.com for up to 50% off and free shipping on your first order. It's so good to see a home and a marriage in Los Angeles. <laughs> Los Angeles yeah. Oh my God, it's so refreshing. You're like, is this fake? Yeah, a little. I'm like, this is Jesus, a lot. Each other. A <laughs> giant <is> dog. <laughs> and the kids at school. You oh know, my God, a you child. have a kid too? Yeah. Oh, fuck you, man. Yeah. How old's your kid? She's six. Oh my God. Yeah. I bet she's so cute too. She's she's a, a fun <laughs> handful. Like, I just I just met you, but like you and your husband are like a hot like oh LA God, couple. I bet so your kid's much. so cute. She's uh, she wants an agent, and oh so that's going to be that's that's going to be the uh, the drama of our lives. Where she's oh. like, "I'm going to be famous," and we're like, "Yikes! We're not yeah. going to take you to auditions yeah. right now because we've seen what that does in Los Angeles." But yeah. maybe one day, maybe you know what? But Gray and I, our parents did that to us, and we still hold it against them to this day. Really? We're like we wanted to be stars, and our parents <laughs> wouldn't let us, so we had to forge our own way. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I always wanted to do like commercials and stuff. And I actually do wish my parents would let me do it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's always the wrong choice. You know what I mean? It's always. always. You do it or you don't do it's it. It's always the wrong choice. But like every kid just wants to be famous now. Like I have that's friends true. who have kids and they're like, oh, they just want to be like a YouTuber now. But you know what's crazy is it actually is available to everyone yeah. now. Like I remember when Which I was wild. a kid, we actually thought we would get cast at like the Disney castings at the mall. Like we actually thought right. we were going to become like the next, uh, I don't know who, uh, Lizzie McGuire or whatever. But then now you can literally do it. You can become a TikTok star. Yeah. At age eight from yeah. your home. What, from about, your home. what about at age 33? Because I'm <laughs> trying now. Okay. This is, <laughs> let's get into TikTok. This is a gross example, but like the, the Paul brothers, like Jake and Logan oh, right. came from the Midwest mm-hmm. and we're like, Making YouTube videos in their backyard at like age yeah. twelve, they, they really, did that shit. They really did it. <laughs> oh, I know. There's so many people like that. Like, and there's you know examples that are seem like better people. <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, yeah. That you're like, oh, you just you're just talking on TikTok. That's mm-hmm. all you do is you just talk in a way that's comforting right. to people, and you have millions of followers. And God knows if you make any money off of this, but like. Yeah, you never know about the money. Then again, we talk for our careers and so do you. Yeah, but this is different than TikTok. TikTok is like, there's, you know, they're like one to three minute videos and I'm not diminishing TikTokers. Yeah, but they're less. This is like, a podcast is a lot of work. You're producing it. You're like, I've spent years grinding (laughs) to perfect. Which, speaking of, I'm so excited that you are here because... A couple weeks ago, and I've been a fan of yours for a while, Taylor, but a couple weeks ago, I went to the comedy store and you performed. And I have to tell you, I like and I go often and I love comedy. I have not laughed that hard in a long fucking time. Thank you. It must have been a good night. (laughs) Your new material. I was just I mean, I was it was so, so, so good. So good. Thank you. Um, That's so nice. And. I'm assuming a lot of people listening, we've had many uh, of our listeners ask, like, get Taylor Tomlinson on. So we know oh, a lot of nice. listeners. Thanks, guys. But yeah, why don't <laughs> you say something assist. about yourself for the people who don't know who yes. you are, what you oh, do. Oh, I have to sell yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Introduce yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'm a wildly famous TikToker. No. <laughs> uh, I'm a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. and I have a new special coming out on Netflix on March 8th. Yes. Is that is that enough about what me? What a great time to promote. I know. No time like the present. I already have one. It's called Quarter Life Crisis. It came out a week before everything shut down for the pandemic so exactly two years ago and uh yeah now the new one's out and it's um a lot about like mental health and therapy and uh relationships and childhood trauma and Mm. all that good stuff all the things we love Um, all the things we love when did you get to the point where you started confidently calling yourself a stand-up comedian today because i was gonna say when you said that you kind of didn't make eye contact (laughs) i'm a comedian comedian. if that's okay um (laughs) also i'm one of the panelists i need a mic and a water uh i I don't know. You know what? I think it was honestly once I got on like late night, mm. which is when I was like 23. I started when I was 16. So once I got like a Conan set, I was like, okay, this, I can say it now, right? I've been full time since I was 21. Um, but I was performing at like colleges and stuff a lot. I think when I got Quarter Life Crisis, the, the first hour special on Netflix, I was like, 
I think I don't have to go back to school. Uh-huh. Like yes. it took that long for me to be like, I for sure don't have to finish that last year of college now. <laughs> I think I'm going to be able to do this forever. And then the pandemic hit and I was like, I should go back to school. Yeah. <laughs> like I did not. I got on TikTok instead. But <laughs> yeah, it took a long time for me to feel like I had earned it. I suppose. And then some people don't feel that at all and are like, I'm a comedian. And you're like, you work at Best Buy. (laughs) You're like, well, you have never made me laugh in your life. Yeah. Please don't say that. But what did you say before that? Did you just say like, oh, I am trying to dabble in comedy, you know, like, yeah. I did stand up. I think you just go like, I do stand up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because like that was like saying I make art instead of like, I'm an artist. That's exactly right. It's Mm -hmm. like saying I make art instead of I'm an artist. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's rough. I feel like there's a lot of probably, um, what do you call it? Imposter syndrome that comes with that. 100,000%. But also, I was a teenager. Yeah. You know, you were 16 when you started. I was 16 when I started. And so it wasn't like people were like, what's your career? Like, yeah. I was in college. <laughs> I quit college to be a full time stand up. So I didn't really get to a place in my adult life where people were like, but what's your job? Sure. Job? Right. Because I've been very lucky uh, in that in that respect. So. I never really had to deal with that. But I mean, I still have like crazy imposter syndrome. Like I'm constantly like people are going to figure out that I suck right. somehow. Like I I think maybe people already think that and everyone's just lying to me. Like everyone would lie to you. Like, mm-hmm. do you ever feel like that? You're like, I guess everybody just got together yeah. and had a meeting and, <laughs> and they're decided. Like, She's not going to be OK if we don't encourage her in these ways. So right. let's just pretend. Yes. It's so or this is like Shutter Island. Like everyone's yes. actually created this whole situation because yeah. I'm mm-hmm. a basket case and they've got to <laughs> keep me sane mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. Yeah. That would actually be kind of nice, though. Yeah. I know it doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> it doesn't sound terrible. I mean, if they can keep it up, I just don't want to, don't I let don't me get to that lighthouse. <laughs> do, do not want to figure that out. Okay. Well then how did you get into stand up in the first place? Like how, how, Oh, it's so uncool. The story, my dad wanted to take a stand up comedy class at a church when I was in high school and that's how I started. And he did, he wasn't like, you're going to be a comedian. He was like, you can write for me maybe like, so and then you were just good at it or you just loved it i was just good at it and i loved it and the guy who taught that class would have me like open for him like i started in churches super Uh weird so i was like very clean until i was like 22 and then i was like i don't want to do this anymore like i just i just i was performing everywhere i was doing like colleges and clubs and some churches here and there but i didn't want to be like a church comedian so i got to a point where i was like i cannot do churches anymore period Mm -hmm. um no matter how much money it is, because it is like a lucrative market, yes, unfortunately. They do pay. They do pay. They do pay. The churches pay. Yeah, because they have such a limited selection mm-hmm. of entertainment options mm-hmm. that they're like, we know how rare this is. So when I was like 22, I got fired from some church gig for a tweet with innuendo in it. And that joke ended up on Conan. So it all worked out. But <laughs> I, bitches. I just like... I don't know. I forget where I was going with all this. Well, Giving your own background. Yeah. yeah. I, I, once I was like doing clubs and colleges and like, I wasn't like making a living off of like church work anyway. It was just like occasionally. 
And so I was like, I'm just not going to do that anymore and not have that even be something that's a part of my career. And then I could kind of talk about whatever I wanted, yeah. which was really nice. Did that take a long time for you to get there? Like, had you been kind of beating yeah. around the bush for a while and thinking about it and complaining about it and then finally pulled the trigger or no? Yeah, no, I didn't think I was a Christian, but my whole family is. So I was right. like, mm, OK, like maybe it'll maybe I'll get there. It's like uh-huh. when you stop being attracted to somebody and you're like, well, maybe, and you're like, maybe they'll one get a day. haircut. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, it'll, we're like, we were fine at first and maybe now we should get married. Yeah. yeah. It's so things. strong, but yeah, maybe the fire will relight. But yeah. just for years I had been like, Ooh, I don't know. Like my mom died when I was a kid and I was just like, mm. this seems like bullshit. Right. Mm-hmm. But I felt so guilty and it was like my whole family and my whole world that I had a really hard time separating from it. And then I finally did. And stand up was a big part of that because I met so many different types of people, mm-hmm. like different ages, different walks of life, different backgrounds that I just wasn't that wasn't really happening where I grew up in like the conservative suburbs. Well, it's no coincidence that you're here because Jesse <laughs> facilitated this. Hello. We both come from a evangelical uh-huh. Christian background. We did it. Even, you know, her husband might have lost a church-related job because of the podcast. <gasps> Maybe. No. Long time coming. When? Yeah. Uh, numerous years ago. Are you guys still Christians? No. No. No? No. I would say, you know what's so funny? And I'm definitely not a Christian. <laughs> yeah, But yeah. it's one of those things where it's like... <laughs> I'm definitely not Christian. Ew. But... <laughs> do you know, do you still love Jesus? You know? No. It's, <laughs> no, it's one of those things. You know how it... Like, I mean, I shouldn't say this. I don't know how you feel about it. But when no, you're, let's find out. When, let, let, let's get there. When, <laughs> when you're raised in that and it's just, just part of your bones and that's like yep. all you know growing up, I'm not in a place where I could say like I don't like I have a hardcore atheist stance right same. I'm very much like well <laughs> if the right thing comes along then and I have the answers then I'm very open to it and I still feel like I'm pretty spiritual because of it mm. um but my husband is more like I don't believe in anything I feel like that's part yeah. of the gaslighting of Christianity though is you're either a Christian or you are an atheist that's, that's true absolutely ridiculous yeah since what is that? Either there's no God or I love Jesus. Why? Why? Those only two aren't the only two options. Yeah, it's silly. The, the conclusion I came to was I have no idea what happens when we die, uh-huh. and neither do you. Yeah, join yeah. the club. Nobody does. Nobody and the fact it. that we're all pretending that we think we know is so crazy. And I just decided, like, I don't want to spend my entire life trying to figure out what happens when it's over. Uh-huh. When there's no way I'm going to be able to achieve that. Oh, yeah. It's just like constant disappointment and doubt. So I just try not to think about it. Because also once I met people who were like atheists because they had just never even been exposed to religion growing up. They're like, oh, yeah, my parents. I remember I dated a guy in my early 20s uh, who was just like, yeah, we didn't. We never talked about religion. And I was like, what about death? Did you think about death? And he's like, I asked my mom once, you know, what happens when we die? I'm scared. And she was like, yeah, we're all going to die. And we don't know. But first you're going to grow up and you're going to get married. There's a lot in between. And you're like, you weren't plagued every night thinking about hell. Yes. And he was just like, no. Yeah, that's she just kind of told me, like, it'll be fun until you're dead. It's so wild. It's also funny how there's different like Jess and I were just talking about this recently how she was always plagued by fear of hell Mm -hmm. and I meanwhile was like I'm going to heaven and this shit's (laughs) gonna be great and it sucks that you guys aren't but you know like it was just interesting how my perspective was always like dreaming about what heaven would be like Mm -hmm. and how I was so excited and it was just gonna be 
the best, like all the best feelings I've ever felt, like when all my family's in the room together and we're all laughing together. I was like, oh, that's what heaven's going to be like. Aww. And I was so excited. And I'm then like, I sort of, so nice. I sort of, so nice. <laughs> did you see, doesn't it? That's what I thought heaven that was going to be like. sounds incredible. How are you not a Christian anymore? <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds like it was great for you. <laughs> well, and then it started, you know, that I was like, this doesn't, some of this doesn't make a lot of sense. And then there's all the really bad parts too. But yeah. it was interesting how, there were just different experiences, even though we had a super similar upbringing where I was like, also says something about my personality, right? Where I was like, I am perfect enough to make it to heaven and I can't wait to make it there. I want to be in commercials <laughs> and I'm going to heaven. <laughs> Life is great. <laughs> that sounds incredible. I was so, I was exactly like you. I was so okay. scared about. So was my sister. I couldn't even wrap my head around heaven. No. I had no oh. mental picture of no. heaven. I was just like, hope that's there. I could totally picture hell. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Every inch of it. I'm like, yes. I know I can literally feel it when I'm laying in bed. Like the heat is on me. Yeah. Oh, I still, I still to this day have random massive panic attacks when I'm laying in bed, just thinking about like, what if I made the wrong choice? Yeah. I still freak out about it. I guess I didn't yeah. think a lot of people were going to hell except like Hitler, if I'm being honest, though. Like, I guess you I, it was I, just I, I guess I thought, yeah, I guess uh, most, <laughs> people, most people are going to heaven. <laughs> well, my parent, my mom always said, like, if you have ever accepted Jesus into your heart, yeah. which was very like abstract to me, I didn't quite understand. I'm like, so, and I remember thinking this as a child, like, so are like the angels and Jesus in heaven, like they're listening to everyone. And if anyone just says even in their mind, I accept Jesus into my heart, they're good. Right. So that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. And and then my mom sort of said that it could, that that was it. You were like washed clean kind of forever. And like so someone's going to go to heaven and be like, I took it back. And they're like, you said it first though. Yeah, exactly. You accept Jesus. You're like, but then I didn't believe in Jesus and I don't belong here. They're like, nah, we count. We count we it. We let you in. We let you in. I think I kind of thought that. And then that's so, so I was always living my life too as my testimony in the making. Yes, totally. Okay, Broads, quick interruption. One thing about me is that I have and always will hate going to the grocery store and any tasks before or after said grocery store trips. I dislike finding recipes. I don't like making lists. And I have a really hard time getting myself to buy new or interesting ingredients that I know I will only use once. So for the past few months, I've been using HelloFresh and it might be the best thing I've done for myself in a long time. I've loved them for a long time, too. So, yeah, when you use HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip the trips to the grocery store, and you can count on HelloFresh to make to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And all you have to do is choose what looks good to you from HelloFresh's menu of over 50 Five zero menu and market items and truly they do the rest you get all the ingredients pre-portioned and partially prepared sent to your door with super easy to follow recipe cards and in just a matter of minutes you're gonna have a healthy delicious meal ready to eat and it may seem completely counterintuitive because you'll be eating better more gourmet fresher meals but HelloFresh will save you money. In fact, HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality, $65 per month cheaper than grocery shopping, okay? But the best part of HelloFresh is how much time you'll get back at each meal, less prep, less time cleaning, and way more time enjoying a delicious meal, all thanks to HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Chatty16 and use code Chatty16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Chatty16 and use code Chatty16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. 
So I don't know about you all, but my dream home is one that I truly enjoy being in, one I always regret leaving and always look forward to coming back to. And when it comes to creating the perfect space you've always wanted, there is one company that does it every single time, and that's Jenny Kane. From large furniture pieces that you can completely center your space around to those extra special finishing touches, Jenny Kane has all aspects of home decorating covered. Legitimately, if you close your eyes and you think about the most effortless, elevated, minimalist, California cool room, that is Jenny Kane, 100%. You guys, everything is so gorgeous, it actually pains me. The best way to describe the Jenny Kane aesthetic is it's clean, it's calming, it's luxurious. And come on, what space couldn't use a little more luxury? Every piece from Jenny Kane is handcrafted from the most premium materials and it's guaranteed to become the focal point of every room, whether it's a singular candle or something a little bigger. And if you're Jenny Kane obsessed, which guilty, uh, then be sure to join their rewards program, which gets you exclusive perks and benefits like birthday surprises, access to early launches. Plus, you can earn up to 10% back on all purchases. If you join today, you'll get 100 points just as a welcome bonus. Create the space you're never going to want to leave at JennyKane.com. Get 15% off your first order when you use code chatty at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at, and pay attention to the spelling, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code chatty. Wow. Which, look, my friend Dustin Nickerson, who opens for me, um when on the road which is very nice of him uh because he headlines a lot on his own but he is still christian technically but he's like a cool christian right like very open-minded like these are metaphors um but he's a christian and got married at 19 and him and his wife have a beautiful relationship and they have three beautiful kids and like definitely going to heaven if there is one yeah (laughs) and he's there yeah and he's like but he's like understanding when you're like, I don't, I can't mm-hmm. do this anymore. Like, this is not for me. Um, but like, I do, I do definitely like connect with Christian people mm-hmm. or people who grew up that way, oh, yeah. like a little easier, yeah. I think. Cause it's just like this background that you can't really explain but i used to like i just i felt so guilty all the time growing up i have such negative associations with it i used to like obsessively try to accept jesus into my heart over and over i was just about to ask you i'm like did you do like the weekly yeah yeah weekly (laughs) nightly (laughs) nightly i would i would say like the same prayer over and over because i thought there were like demons in my house and i'd have to like pray for protection over the house and everybody in it and like been there yeah oh the demons were always coming for me in the middle of the night. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. But you were going to heaven. Yes. Oh, yeah. she were trying the to tear were me down. Yeah. I was a warrior. <laughs> they were coming for me. Uh, yeah. Everything was spiritual warfare in our house, mm-hmm. like, yeah. or which is still kind of a thing. Which I don't, I, I really go back and forth about some of that kind of stuff. Because sometimes I do feel like, man, the demons are chasing me lately. Mm-hmm. And then also just kind of like dark, I, you know, they're. There is like dark energy that I feel like I can, and I'm I'm not talking about like I'm getting dark energy off her, but like, you know, sometimes you go into a place or like a home and you get hit with kind of that like, whoa, like this is intense. Right. I guess that was sort of like kind of the thing that I would get more is like sort of these really intense kind of dark Mm. feelings, which probably were real, whatever that means. But I was kind of just like. Jesus, blood of Jesus, like come yes. 
terrified out of my mind. Oh, yeah. Well, like, it's stuff you'd, like, heard once. You're like, oh, in the yeah. name and the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're yeah. like, where did I even hear yeah. in the name and the blood? <laughs> Wash me with your blood. Ew. Hey, isn't that weird for non-Christians? Like, how much we talked about blood and covering in blood and washing in blood? Oh, oh my God, so much. It's really gross. Yeah. My new special, my entire closing joke, it's, like, six minutes long, and it's all about, like, being so scared to masturbate, Graham, because I thought I would go to hell, and how you didn't even know. Did you know we could masturbate? When you were a kid, did you even know that women did that? Oh, okay. Well, I did it. I was very much. We've talked about okay. this before. I was very much like a like a couch humper because oh, it was like okay. it was the unintentional masturbation mm. where I was like, "You were that cool. is nice, and it feels <laughs> good." And then I'll just finish. But I'm like, I don't know what it is, right? But my, I know we can. <laughs> but yeah. my family was very. <laughs> this is so weird. Then when you get older and then you meet other Christians and you're like, "Oh, your families were okay with that." Our sect was like no masturbation ever. Yeah. Did your parents ever say that though? Did your oh, parents my, say that? Um, my parents didn't a super did, did address your church it. Talk about? Oh yes, really? About oh, masturbation? Yeah. No masturbation. Mine didn't. How Mine didn't talk about it either. How old am I now? Yeah. Twenty eight. Okay, yeah, I'm twenty seven. I was like, is this is this maybe slightly next gen? Because I also remember in my Christian private school, we read this book that was like a sex book, and like the author in that book said that it was okay to like masturbate and even kind of like when you were kissing what which my teacher did say i don't agree with everything in this book but then and then she said like parents you know i want you to kind of like read along with this book with your kids and i made a note that like my mom wasn't into the making out thing she with that even she was like no but yeah. my mom did not say anything about masturbation my parents never did and my church never did yeah my parents never did i listened to a like a podcast I don't even think it was necessarily all about purity, but a lot of it was. Yeah. I listened to a podcast when I was a teenager um, and it was a youth pastor who would like do sermons mm -hmm. for teens. And he was talking about how you're not supposed to masturbate because of what you're picturing, mm. but it's okay mm -hmm. to pray for a wet dream for oh men. Again, none of this is for women. He's like, you can pray for a wet dream for the relief. <laughs> So you don't get blue balls or whatever. Like he was like, a lot of people will pray for it <laughs> and God will like gift that to you. But what you're thinking about is the sin. I'm going to start praying for those before I go to bed I now. I'll be like, God, what? I don't know if I believe in you anymore, yeah. but I would love a hot, hot dream. <laughs> what? Because I was, I was so, I was trying so hard to be like pure and good and whatever. Sure. I was like listening to a podcast. Like, you, were yeah. you were trying your best. Yeah, I really yeah. was. And it just like, it the, it was so crazy to me that that was the, that was the solution because they were like, yeah, it's, it's not really the physical sensation. It's what you're thinking. It's the, like the lust. Well, yeah. Cause then I got like, I knew, or I knew porn was wrong. So yes, like I, we knew I porn definitely was wrong. knew that was wrong and I shouldn't look at that on the internet and I'd try not to, but I did sort of, I, I think I, in my head conceptualized that if I was just masturbating purely with the sensation, that was okay. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like that yep. is, that is pure. That's my that's the what my closer in the specials about. Oh really? It's about it's absolutely and I didn't know other people did that until I started doing that joke cuz the joke is about me telling a friend of mine who like grew up cool in LA yeah, yeah. and like has had every sexual experience sure. in the world. 
like me just saying like, oh, I don't think about any. I still masturbate though. I'm like, I don't think about anything. I don't watch porn. And she was like, what? Like I meditate on <laughs> Are my you pleasure. Okay? Alone. Literally, yeah. literally. <laughs> it's. I'm so glad. To, I showed it to a friend of mine. And she was like, I do that too. <laughs> That's also how I do it. And I was like. Are we all just so fucked up? Yes. We are, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, I think so. I think so. I think that's sometimes the joy. And I mean, most all of us are, but sometimes the joy of then meeting other like ex-evangelicals where you're like, this is a very specific thing that I feel. So I'm glad to know. Yeah. You know, I um, to me, it was the masturbation was fully off the table. Okay. So it was everything it was everything about it was the shame it was all it was shame 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 and i already felt so bad about everything yeah i remember masturbating for the first time once i had moved out of my parents home yeah and it was one of those masturbation sessions that lasted for 24 hours Mm. in my my (laughs) alone room (laughs) i basically came up after 24 hours just like drenched in sweat (laughs) and i was like baptized (laughs) fully (laughs) renewed and baptized and i was like oh this is the devil Yes, yeah. and I'm like, mm. oh, this is the devil. This pleasure oh, must be the warfare. devil. Yes. You know, the fact that I got that I wasted an entire day just caught here. You know, I still so feel good. that though. I still feel uh shame and guilt if I feel as though I have wasted time mm. pertaining to anything sexual. I'm like, that's a like I, I definitely still yeah. deal with that. Yeah. Sure. I think I have trouble. And this is not even something I've realized until right now, this conversation. I'm uh. getting a lot out of this podcast. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think I have trouble being attracted to people physically because of this shit. Uh-huh. Like, okay, I'm always yeah. like, I'm always like, I don't know if people are attractive. Like, I always have to, like, send my friends pictures of people I'm interested in. I'm mm-hmm. like, is this person hot? <laughs> like, is this a They're like, this no. person's really hot. I'm like, okay, I, I feel like I have, like, not, like, face blindness, but I feel like I have attraction blindness like i just really cannot tell well, if somebody's well, uh, and if attracted been, to you, know, you, know, you know taylor man looks like at the outward the appearance but god looks <laughs> at the heart so that actually means that you are i'm going to have closer it. to god yes. okay good you are godly that's, that's why you can't tell right. if they're hot or not you're I looking at their heart oh my god i can't and i can't see their heart nobody puts a picture of their heart on the hinge i yeah it's really it's a lot like whenever my friends are like oh my god i just want to like fuck that guy i'm like how do you know? <laughs> do you Have really you know? seen his heart? <laughs> Are you sure you want to enter into that kind of connection with him? Yeah, I really can't until I like know them more. But it makes so much sense too if you're if all of your like masturbating is like basically yeah. like black screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're just like <laughs> so all the pleasure is derived from just nothingness yeah. i masturbate to the end of the soprano it's just a black screen <laughs> the credits. this is so good there's something about rolling text that really turns me on it's so wild though you know what you were saying though earlier that i really resonate with is how so my this this current boyfriend the one i have two kids with and i've been dating for four years um he has this is another thing I know you can relate to. When someone says like, no, I went to church growing up. And you're like, mm. yeah, cute. Did you really? Cute. Like, Are you yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you were, so you guys, It was so perfect. Like, you went to mass with your parents every once in a while. Like, like that is, you don't know. Like, you went you, at Christmas? 
Oh, was that nice? Was I had that a hard? subscription to Brio magazine. I had three <laughs> different Bible covers that I would alternate with my outfit. Do you like, know what Kiwana says? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't think so. Do you agape <laughs> love? Have you heard of it? <laughs> mm, didn't think so, honey. I can't throw out my handouts <laughs> from church because I filled in all the blanks, and I might need to go back and look at these sermons. Just put them in the pocket. The yeah. front pocket. You don't have a laminated purity card yeah. in your wallet. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, a purity card. Oh, Eddie, I didn't have. I just had the ring. What? The ring and the a laminated purity. Wow. Yeah. I never had a purity ring. You didn't? Oh. No. Maybe, maybe my, my dad never did that. Which is good. You're like, I'm hurt, Dad. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I didn't get any jewelry out of this. <laughs> you were just willing to spend the money on the jewelry. This is bullshit. Yeah, I never got the purity ring. I just was like, and you know what's funny is my dad and my stepmom were like always talking about how much they liked having sex with each other. Yeah, right. right because right. they had like waited six months. Right. <laughs> you You're know, like, they're like, we tough. waited. I'm like, mm-hmm. you also got married really fast. <laughs> But they were always highlighting the fact that they had like incredible sex, but it's because it was ordained. It was ordained by God. Mm -hmm. And so it was this weird thing of like, hey, we don't need to know about you having sex. Mm. Like we're good. Yeah. But Mm -mm. when you make us feel so much shame about it, unless it's exactly the way. Oh. That you're doing it? I My thing is always, I always talk about um, bridal showers in the church. Mm, I, so my husband and I. shit in the world, dude. So raunchy. We got married very young. Dated all through. We were 23. Dated all Aww. through church, high school, all yeah. that stuff. Gold star. Gold star. I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> we were We were having sex. And then on our break, I had my fun little sex rampage for a hot second. But. Nobody knew about it. <laughs> and so with the bridal shower, it was like the constant, you know, you're the shame always when it comes to sex. But then I'll never forget my bridal shower. All these women from the church were there who would never talk about sex. It was so forbidden. And then bridal shower, everyone was like, so, so when you're gagging on his raunchy. Cock. <laughs> yeah. you know, and they're just like bringing in like all this lingerie that's just so wild looking. And they're like, maybe you should insert a pole and learn how to give him a good little lap dance. And I'm just like, but what? How can yeah. we go from zero to 100? It's so much, well, it's so much repressed uh-huh. stuff that you're finally allowed to say. And like the saddest thing is you hear some people talk about like, they were so repressed, so much guilt, and then they get married young and they do it all right and they feel too guilty to even have sex with their spouse. Yeah. Yes. Or I was like really confused because my mom would always, my mom would just always talk about sex. Like sex is so beautiful, like with your yeah. partner. And then I remember when I started having sex, it, it didn't have anything to do with being married or not married. And I knew that, like mm-hmm. I knew that in my head. And I was like, then why isn't this like beautiful? Why is mm. this not feel great? Like my mom said it would. Like I know it's not contingent upon being married. So like why is the sex with my boyfriend not like not mind-blowingly beautiful and fantastic? Mm. Is there something wrong with me? Is mm. that why this isn't happening the way that I thought it would when I first had sex? Because with the way that they had described it, which isn't unique, I don't think, to Christianity. Yeah. Then when I like lost my virginity and like started having sex, I was just like, so disappointed yeah no there's not a lot of sermons in church where they're like sex is beautiful and magical as long as you know you are open and you talk about your kinks and maybe you order some stuff online and does everyone know what lube is like there's none of that consent maybe consent if they're into it if they're crying stop like just there's not nothing like that and 
so much of church like purity culture is like don't even talk about it and then like you find out as an adult you're like the only way to have good sex is to talk about it a bunch yeah Yeah. you have to talk about it a lot yeah a lot a lot oh no i have so many friends who like they waited and then they ended up like once they got married it was just they like you were saying they weren't able to have it for so many months because Mm. someone felt just too guilty in the party it was just like it's too Mm. much like Mm. this is still it's still so wrong and we haven't talked about it at all so i just can't get there did you guys ever talk about song of solomon or song of songs in your church we had a a whole segment (laughs) in our church one time the pastor did like an eight-week series the church was packed baby there was chairs out the door Everyone was literally, like, literally, they had stacked chairs in the background where people could grab, shuffle in. Because there were so (laughs) many people there. Literally, it was crazy. Yeah. Did they they just, like, unpack it and all the sexual... Yeah, it was, like, there was always that, like, excitement, too. Like, he was, like... The next uh, five weeks, we're going to dive into Song of Solomon <laughs> and talk about what it means to be married. And everyone's like, mm. <laughs> How about oh your lover's God. fruit dangling from the vine, <laughs> right, juicy exactly. and ready for the, you know. And you're 12 sitting there like, I don't, I don't get this part. <laughs> what about the figs? Yes. I don't understand. <laughs> Oh, or God. even like is like my lover is like uh two two like gaz- there was weird things like gazelles leaping through the fields and you're like I don't even now I don't sex really get doesn't it. feel like that for you <laughs> it doesn't feel like gazelles leaping <laughs> through the fields maybe being chased by people that I don't want to have sex with when I'm out in public can you imagine that? going on a date and they're like what are you into you're like I don't know exactly I'm open but I do need to feel like gazelles running yeah, through yeah, a field yeah, 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 that's yeah. the only thing I need kind of go crazy get creative with it but that is the brief that's the ultimate feeling yes. that needs to <laughs> I need to walk away with which so. then yeah it's it's kind of easier to date someone who has the same background that's what I was getting at where my yeah, boy this boyfriend doesn't he doesn't really he doesn't really get it i've never dated somebody who grew up christian oh really i wish look at us really now i just just found a new (laughs) thing i need i think i've i've definitely wanted that i definitely made that list did everyone make their list of course of course mine was like blonde you know like (laughs) very like jonathan taylor thomas (laughs) yeah there you have to make i didn't realize that was a christian thing i thought my dad made that up to like (laughs) make a list of what your perfect partner would be and be really specific Because if you don't, gotta leave it out. Uh, which he does, by the way. But I, I've never dated anybody who grew up Christian, and maybe that's you know you're like attracted to people who have the thing that you want. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're running t- from it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like always so jealous of my partners usually because they're yeah. like unencumbered by any sort of religious trauma. Right. So it's v- and it's very hard to explain to somebody like why you have to feel safe with them when they have never had that. And they're just like, and it took me, it took me like a couple partners to also get over the fact that like they had been with a lot of people Mm -hmm. and I hadn't been with a lot of people. And growing up, did they ever tell you this in church? Did they ever say that if you have sex with someone before you're married, you are cheating on your future partner. Oh, for sure. And Probably if you date somebody who slept with someone before you. It's like you're sleeping with all of them. They're like you're sleeping with all of them. And it's like they already cheated on you and you can't trust them. Oh. <laughs> 
if they have if they have sex with you, they're gonna cheat on you because they can't control level. themselves. Yes. Yeah. That's next level. I don't maybe I tuned that part out. Oh, it's so brutal. So it's even so that's brutal. in there a little bit still of like once I have sex with someone for like a few weeks, I have to just know that I have to work through that like fire alarm going off in my head of like you can't trust this person uh-huh. they fucked you they fucked you already and like they wouldn't have done that if they respected you just it's so deep in there oh yeah i'm definitely oh, yeah. very judgy i'm not really judgy about like you know a friend or whatever i'm like girl get it whatever not but at all very judgy of a male partner who is like i'm like so you're a whore and you don't <laughs> love me like noted you know that's kind of the way that i feel and it makes me kind of pissed like even sometimes yeah. i still talk about it with my boyfriend i'm just like yeah i mean i just don't think it was very like healthy for you like emotionally <laughs> to just kind of like run through a train of like 45 women over the course of six months yeah and i, just I don't think, think it was i'm just like, I'm just for your health like yeah. i just for think you. that was good for you just for you I as your like current you partner yeah who can't you can't get tested for hbv <laughs> like i so fully get that and i think I really do think it's coming from a place of jealousy in my case. And it took me a long time and a lot of therapy to figure that out is just because I feel the same way about my friends. But I think my female friends being like sexually adventurous, that's more like, oh, if they can do it, maybe I can do it. And like, thank God. And like, absolutely. Like you overcame the like social judgment around like women having too much sex. But when it's just like straight men having a lot of sex, you're like. Like, you overcame nothing. <laughs> you just get to have fun. Well, it's always like that in the church too. It's not yes. like well, I guess it depends on the church because actually, I feel like the guys did get a lot of shit in mind. I feel for like being it was sexual. it was porn, yeah. porn for the yes. men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the big one, and then that really fucked me up too. Was like the yeah. you know, if a guy watches porn, it means that it's because you're not enough uh-huh. and you're not providing enough in the bedroom. And you know, I remember when then we got my husband and I got married. And look like opening his laptop and going on the history, like the snoop that I am. And I was like, all of a sudden yeah. I saw porn and I'm opening it up. And then he walks into the house that night and I was just like, why did you tell me I wasn't enough for you? We've been having sex oh. constantly. And then he's just like, well, this, this is so not the same thing. Yeah. Like, this is not. What can I say? He's like, I need. sometimes <laughs> I need massive fake tits. Yeah. <laughs> it's just we need a little bit of that in, in, the, in the world. Yeah, no, I. But it's you take it all so personally. Yeah. Which is so than the jealousy piece where it's just and I feel like so much of the jealousy is the the redirecting of it's about me because right. I'm not enough right and yeah. I'm not which is enough. definitely not Christian specific because no, yes, no, 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 that no, no. is a that is a constant thing of like of course well and if, yeah if he's looking at this type of porn and that's not the way that you look like what does that say about yeah. like how attracted he is to you mm-hmm. do you guys remember I think I was just thinking about this I remember reading some book it was like what what of course like it, these were all the the teen titles like what girls need to know about like what men think it was like that kind of oh. like christian you know like zondervan publishing thing you I know like that re- kind of there was a book like that i do remember that and i remember because <laughs> some of these christian like sex books got very like descriptive about things like i remember it was like when you wear a top with your belly button showing what he pictures is then like pulling off your shirt and like seeing your exposed you're like reading it and you're like oh my god God." and i remember reading it and be like really like that's what men think and then i was like really (laughs) like all of a sudden your shirt is always you always have a crop on you're just like what can i say but that was something that i'm that i told like my current boyfriend about and he was like so confused about that concept of like no if you're a christian you're supposed to like see a woman 
and then not undress her with your eyes because that is wrong. You're right. supposed to actively stop yourself from imagining someone and naked like, or doing it. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> you think that's, oh, you think I can just not do that? that? Yeah, that's adorable. Right. That's great. <laughs> Does Evan ever talk about that? About like, because that, the male stuff was so crazy specific about like, you cannot even think about having sex with another woman. Yeah, I mean, he talks about it a little bit. I think his biggest thing coming from that is that he is which isn't this isn't a bad thing it's not a bad thing but his his direction from that is that he's so hyper aware of doing the wrong thing Mm. that for a long time when we first started to have sex he just was and i'm not talking about consent Mm -hmm. he was like if it's not that gazelle leaping through the um the fields I'm not doing it right. Oh. So it was very like, you know, we couldn't I just have casual. Love that. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, was- mm-hmm. I would, are you serious? <laughs> I've literally never met a straight man who was like, this wasn't good enough. That, I didn't bring it hard enough. The this hardest wasn't thing magical. About my boyfriend is that his dick is so big. <laughs> no, you know? Sounds, He's so no, nice. I know, no, I know what you're saying. It was, the, it was great. For him. No, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome because I felt so loved. Yeah. But it would struggle because then he would struggle, like would staying hard. And he didn't feel yeah. like I was like uh, enough, right. like so there. And I'm like, sometimes I'm quiet. Sometimes yeah. I'm chilling. And then also the ability to have quick casual sex. Right. And I was like, you know, when you're in bed and you wake up at two in the morning and you back up and you have a quick session, it's so fun. Not possible. It mm. has to be this whole foreplay ordeal because yeah. that's what he was like. It had to be like, turn the house lights on. I'm like, this is just, this isn't practical in like a long-term sexual relationship because what started to happen then after a while, when life gets busy, we stop having sex. Mm. Because you can't have that quick thing because you both yeah. have for him it's like you have to be in this specific the specific zone petals. the entire time it's very sweet it's so sweet yeah, it's very sweet but then in like practicality long term right. that was then the tough thing where i was just like i'm good if i don't i so appreciate like the consent is necessary but like if i want to have sex it doesn't have to be bells and whistles and it's not personal if i'm not screaming and like you know calling your name the entire time do you think that came from christianity or like something to do with his personality and if christianity what in christianity um i think it's his it's part of his personality um but then i think a lot of it with christianity was specifically the way he was raised was it it was like sex is very very sacred Mm -hmm. and so it needs to be treated as such and like you're the man so you need to make sure that you provide this this and that which is a great thing his parents taught him is that like you need to take care of a partner it's a lot of pressure but it's a lot of pressure yeah that's a lot in all the ways it's a lot of pressure and totally about again about you right Right. And then it would be and then it would be this weird thing of like, it's about you. Like it's he's saying it's about me sexually and my pleasure. But I'd be like, I'm having a lot of pleasure, but it's I'm not giving the reaction you want. So this is really about you. So ultimately it's about you. Right. That's okay. Yeah. We've got to talk about it. You know, it's not actually always just about me. Yeah. Yeah. So did you guys love VBS growing up? Yeah. I was so obsessed with it. VBS. I didn't love it because I was an introvert, but. Okay. Uh. 
We're talking about vacation Bible yeah. school. Oh right? yeah. yeah, they do toy giveaways ever at your ever at your guys's. Oh, I don't remember. So don't they used to I do this anything. at mine. This was like the the lottery for children. So what they would do oh is, God. you know, how they would separate you by ages, like the sixes, oh, yeah. the sevens, the eights, nines, tens, whatever, how old you were, or at least that's what we did at my church. They would then have a bag of everyone's name from each group. And then toys for that age group. And every day at the end of VBS, they would pull I do a remember name this. from the back. Did you do yes, that Yes, we did do this. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. Oh, we didn't get any toys. And it was like the highlight of my summer. Like, wait, like maybe they'll pull my name and I'll get that like puppy mom and her <laughs> little puppy dogs like in the basket. <laughs> and it was just like the best thing ever. Anyway, oh that's what I remember from it. What are some of your fond memories of Christianity? Now we're talking about how much it sucks. I don't know. I don't know if I have any fond ones. Church camp? Church camp was... I did like... I think like Christian youth theater. Does that uh, count? Like CYT mm. camp was fun. That sounds yes. fun. Yeah. I remember we had... I, I went away to CYT camp one year and we had like a purity day. We're like 12. Yeah. 11 or 12. Yeah. And our camp counselors were like probably like 19, yeah. <laughs> like they're children also. Right. And I remember we sat in a circle and one of our male counselors like almost was like crying, telling us that he had almost had sex. <laughs> You're like, we're 12. <laughs> yeah. Just like he's like, we got really close and, you know, it's not OK. Like and we were like, oh, my God, I'm never I'm never going to touch anybody because this like surfer Christian dude is so fucked up from like, I guess some heavy petting. I don't really know what happened. Like, I think he got specific. He was like, you know, we didn't have sex, but we were like naked. And you're like, oh my God, Jason, stop. He probably should have been fired. Uh, but they were, I'm sure that we were supposed to have like a purity day. I'm like, I think we overshared. You ended up getting a one, one-sided counseling session yes. with a surfer who slipped up. Well, and then there was the born against um, too, because I remember the youth yes. pastor being like, you know, like born again virgin. That's a whole thing you can yeah. do, you know, all of that. Oh, yeah. Where I, I do like the like, I if your whole family is something, I I did like that. Like yeah, and I have my extended family is like there's some cool Christians yeah. who are very open minded and like I'm very jealous of like my cousins and my aunt and mm-hmm. uncle have like a very tight knit church family, mm-hmm. but they are very like balanced and open minded and stuff too. Um, and I I wish I could be in that because it is such a like it feels so like nice and wholesome mm-hmm. and supportive when it's done right but that was just not my experience and I yeah. just couldn't couldn't get into it but when you're a kid and you have like holidays and stuff like very fun yeah sure where are you from parts. originally I'm from California oh where yeah I grew up uh in Modesto and I'm then- from Fresno you're from Fresno yeah. neighbors hell yeah no I was in Modesto until I was like 10 like Stockton, Modesto, and then uh, I was in Temecula. Oh, okay. After that, yep. yeah, love Temecula. How about you? Orange County. Okay, so here we go. By. Oh, great! Yeah. Everyone's Cali. Love yes, it. All the California, California folks. Christian kids. You know what's funny though about the people who are like the progressive Christians now? Like my sister and I talk about this. My sister is like, she's like, I am not a Christian, and she goes, yet yeah, I'm still checking Christians. Like, mm, you're not a real Christian. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Brads, one more quick pause. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you probably know that I'm a fan of the balls. What can I say? I love the balls. But you know, it's not always the cleanest 
down there. I mean, it's not entirely their fault. We get it. The groin area is one of the most odor-prone areas of the body and a breeding ground for bacteria. Yuck. Uh, the solution to that, though? Ballsy. Ballsy makes men's products for their parts that keep them fresh, comfortable, and confident. The standard product your guy might have around the house is a trimmer, but Ballsy goes so far beyond that. Ballsy has every product your guy needs to keep things so tidy down there, like a wash, a spray, and so much more. All of Ballsy's products are made only with the best ingredients that won't cause irritation or discomfort, like essential oils and plant extracts. So you're never going to find any parabens, sulfates, or synthetic dyes in any of their products. If you aren't sure what products you need or where to start, there are two ways to go. If you want to get a customized system tailored to your personal situation, I would suggest taking their quiz, which will recommend exactly what he needs. Or if you want to jump right in and try all three of Ballsy's best-selling products, then the Sack Pack is for you. The Sack Pack has the ultimate trifecta of products that every guy could use in his life. There's a reason Ballsy has over 200,000 happy customers Ballsy's products really work, and as someone who is around Ballsy's products in the vicinity of it, I will tell you, I'm a fan. They're amazing. So keep the funk off your man's junk. And right now, if you go to ballwash.com slash chattybroads20, and if you put in promo code chattybroads20, you're going to receive 20% off. That's 20% off when you go to ballwash.com slash chattybroads20 and put in code chattybroads20. So if I had to grade myself in the self-care department, I would absolutely say A for effort, but a C minus for execution. (laughs) Obviously, taking care of yourself is super important and allows you to be the best you that you can be, of course. So trust me, I see the importance in it. But every time I go to do something for myself, I start mind grinding about something that needs to get done or something that my little one said the other day or running through all the text messages I forgot to respond to in the last week, all the usual things. But recently, I've made it a priority to make time to focus on myself. And thanks to Dipsy, it's going really well. And it's going sexily well. Well, that's because Dipsy is literally made for those moments when you just need to turn the whole world off while also turning yourself on, baby. Dipsy's an app that's full of sexy audio and written stories that will get you focusing on yourself in record time, if you know what I mean. Just pick your story, close your eyes, and get lost in the plot, which is pretty easy to do because they are so immersive. The production quality is very high and dipsy has so many options to choose from so you can pick something you know you will enjoy and guys it's never corny like the audio erotica is top notch it truly is oh how i love dipsy and i love using dipsy on those nights that i just can't go to sleep as well if you're not feeling a sexy story one night be sure to check out all of the other amazing tools dipsy has to offer like their wellness sessions which are designed to help you wind down and their sleep sessions to help you drift off for listeners of the show dipsy's offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash chatty so that's 30 days of full access for free when you go to d-i-p-s-e-a stories.com slash chatty dipsy stories like a dip in the sea stories.com slash chatty do you really know the lord then like that's kind so of that funny. she talks about being like judging the 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 new wave of christians being like well yeah. i don't know if I'm that's like, biblically supported like, but have you read what you're supporting have you read the right. bible <laughs> right and mm. but being judgmental of just like mm, 
you know, I don't know if you can really claim that and you're not a good enough Christian even now, like not yeah. being a Christian anymore is such an interesting thing. I know. I'm like, if you want to say you're a Christian, be a Christian. I don't care. If you want to say you're a comedian, you're going to have to earn that. Yeah. But <laughs> you're like, that's my new community. Yes. So you're going to have That's what I feel precious about. But if you're like, I'm a Christian. But yeah, I, that's if it. Although I will say if people are like. Very like sexually open and like don't have any guilt or shame and they're like and i'm a christian i feel that way too where i'm like you don't get to just be yeah. the good part of christian you're, not, you're supposed to be repressed yeah i'm like come on this is not what it you could have been ever i could have been everything i can you're telling me i can believe in jesus and also like have sex that's yeah. not that's not what it is no it's so funny i'm like my two two of my best girlfriends are they consider themselves to be Christians and they're both so sexually open and they just live their life. And so they're always like, we don't understand why you're so like, why you have such a problem with Christianity. And I'm like, that's because you didn't have the same experience as me. And that's yeah. fine. I'm happy for you. But also, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough about Christianity. What yeah. about life now? Now that everything's perfect. Now, now everything's that you, yeah, great. Now yeah, everything's I great. I made it. <laughs> yeah. life, I made it to heaven. It's yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What about life now? Well, okay. So you said your new special is about like mental health and mm -hmm. therapy, all stuff that no one really talks about in this day and age, you know? I mean, I, so. they're talking about it. <laughs> I mean, especially like the next, I think like Gen Z now is very sad yeah. and like very self-aware in yeah. the best possible way. And millennials were already kind of there. Like we're oh, sad yeah. and yeah. self-aware and we're like looking at ourselves all the time. No, that was like stupid sarcasm of just like, oh, that's all. I'm that's, so sorry. I totally okay. missed it. That's I was okay. like, I mean, <laughs> I really heard talking about it. That was it's humiliating no, that's okay. that I did not pick up on that. Um, I met you 40 minutes ago. <laughs> that's I, okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> okay. But like to that note, where, how long have you been doing therapy now? I mean, I went for like a year in high school because I was, uh, deeply deeply depressed like mm -hmm. really bad um and was it after your mom attacks? died no oh i went to therapy after my mom died too i was eight when my mom died so mm -hmm. i got sent to like the school therapist uh, -huh. uh hospice group therapy where they would put children whose parents had already died of cancer with the kids whose parents were currently dying mm -hmm. of cancer so we could all hang out and draw pictures and make candles together and process that simultaneously don't know whose idea that was oh, God. and then so i you also don't recommend that no first. don't recommend that and then i had like a therapist someone found i don't know that i saw on my own for however long but that can't have been longer than a year um it was less than a year for sure because my dad got remarried like nine months later uh and then i didn't go to therapy until high school and when I first brought it up in high school, because a friend of mine was like, I think you have some, like, I think you have <laughs> depression. And I tr I wanted to go to therapy. And I remember I told my dad, and he was like, all right. And then he, like, didn't want to send me because it made him feel like a failure as a father. Mm -hmm. And so that was, like, a huge, it was, like, a fight to go. And then I finally went for, like, a year. And that's, weirdly enough, I'd, like, never really heard of anxiety either. So... I remember that was something she said where she was like, you're so terrified all the time that you get really depressed as a result of that. She's mm -hmm. like, you're just going like up and down. Um, 
And then I stopped for years until I was probably like 23 and I was on the road a lot and I had gone through a couple of romantic relationships and like my mental health had just kind of been like deteriorating. It just mm-hmm. been getting like worse and worse over, you know, the last like four years or something. And I got on like talk space, which was fine. You can use our code, guys. Oh, it was great. It was great. It was great. It was really, it was really good. Perfect. Best experience. Absolutely perfect. I, here's the thing. I didn't try. I didn't like think I should try other ones. Like the whole point of like Talkspace is so great is you can just go to a different therapist pr- really quickly. Right. right. And it's why so many people don't stay with therapy because they think if like the first person yeah, they see like, doesn't, doesn't fit. fit. Yeah. And like the woman I saw was very nice. It just didn't. We just didn't but totally you need to connect. Find, you have to find your right person. I know. But I was too scared to be yeah. like. To I'm gonna go, I was too scared to swipe left. <laughs> yeah. So I just deleted my entire account. Yeah, I did. I've done the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but I think I told her like, oh, I, I don't know if this is the right fit. Oh, and also I wanted to see someone in person. Mm-hmm. So then I was trying to do that. Um, so I saw her. I saw her for a while, though. I saw her for a while. And then I stopped again. And then I started going. Uh, my ex found me, my old therapist. And then that therapist found me a psychiatrist. And then I stopped seeing my therapist, started relying on a psychiatrist. And then my psychiatrist found my current therapist. So I've been kind of like what a in team. and out. What a team. I the know. Avengers. <laughs> that's the team that's actually inside while we're recording. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. They're, that's my psychiatrist, entourage. Therapist, yes. Yeah, so I've been like in and out. But uh, yeah, I, I think I went for a little while virtually when I was 23. And then it was like a couple years and then I went for like a year and then I took some time off and then finally went back like a year later because I was like, I keep getting the same feedback from people <laughs> and maybe I should take a look at some of this stuff. <laughs> I should work on these trust issues with a trained professional. Uh-huh. Uh, and I mean, the last like two years have been hugely, uh, hugely focused on therapy and like the right meds and all that stuff what do you focus on most in therapy is that too personal to ask no i don't think so what i focus on most in therapy is probably honestly probably just fear like Mm -hmm. i just have a lot of fear i have a lot of fear that i'm not good enough i have a lot of fear that i've fucked up already i have a lot of fear i'm currently fucking up i have a lot of fear that i'm wrong and i'm not like doing things correctly or like treating people right or that i'm not giving people the benefit of the doubt or like and and it it's almost like I think another thing to tie it into the Christianity stuff is like it makes it hard to trust yourself because mm-hmm. you don't grow up being told to trust your inner monologue. You're, <laughs> no, you're that's told, wrong. You're told your inner monologue is God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also like you is really selfish and yes. really flawed. And like mm-hmm. that if you are going off of your own desires or like things that are going to make you happy. I was just talking to my sister yes. about this last night because my I was uh, at my therapist yesterday and I do something called brain spotting. Have you heard of that? No, what's that? It's like sort of a sister of EMDR. It's very I've done that brain spotting. It's very weird and it seems like you're not doing anything at first and you're like, is this and what's happening? But it's I've actually been seeing like great results from it. And wow. my therapist in particular is like, I swear by it. Gets to like the root of problems and like beliefs about she's like, it's really good about working out beliefs about yourself. Yeah. And then num- the one I scored highest on was I'm not good enough. And it's that mm-hmm. that same thing, like 
I'm not working hard enough in my career. I can never finish projects. Mm -hmm. Like I can't, which by the way, just sabotages yourself, obviously, because then you just have those limiting beliefs as a self-fulfilling prophecy. But like, yeah, I'm not a good enough friend, not a good enough. I can't, can't keep my house clean enough, like, you know, on and on and on with all that stuff. But I, I think my sister and I were talking about how you're taught that like you and wanting to just like be happy is like one of the worst directions that mm-hmm. you could follow. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to go with the hard thing. Mm-hmm. The sacrifice. Like, you're supposed to repress everything. The sacrifice, exactly. So I think a lot of that is pretty deep-rooted. And uh, I, you know, I have trust issues for a lot of reasons, but I also will make excuses for people for a long time mm. as well. So I never quite know, Yeah. you know, what my gut is telling me in terms of like relationships, whether that be romantic or otherwise. Um, so I think it's a lot of that. I have a lot of fear of loss, like, cause yeah, my mom died and like all this stuff and I don't have a great relationship with my dad. And it's just like, it's crazy how much time you have to spend talking about the same stuff. And I'm, I am frustrated lately that I can identify why I struggle with certain things, but identifying it doesn't fix it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, well, once I figure out what it is. Yeah, then it'll stop. Then it'll be fine. And it'll (laughs) stop. And it doesn't. And then you just know what's happening while it's physically tearing through your body. The fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. and... That's that's where I feel like sometimes like I was getting frustrated. I felt like talk therapy was at a certain point hitting a wall for me where I was like, like you said, I can identify it. But then I remember being so frustrated one day being like, yeah, so the reason that this event gets to me is because at the root of this event, it's that someone can use your vulnerability against you and really hurt you. Yep. And my therapist was like, yeah. And then I was like, now and what? <laughs> where's my worksheet? <laughs> So that's just the space I got to exist in is that if I open up to people and vulnerable to them, they can stab me with it. Yeah. Okay. That's like a scary place to exist in. Mm -hmm. So. But it's true, though. That's the shitty thing. I know. Like that's being an adult is just realizing like I'm so scared of all these things and everyone's like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. 100%. Valid. Valid. So valid. Could happen for sure. Yeah. Like, (laughs) okay. Yeah. Like the best advice anyone can give you is just like you can't live thinking about it all the time but it could happen though it could yeah but what are you gonna do you're gonna be scared of it until it does and maybe it won't (laughs) it's so true what i will say what's been happening with brain spotting which is really interesting is almost that i can like uh feel sometimes like that concept but then i can sort of like recognize that it's here it's not actually i'm I'm moving my hands around for the audio listeners (laughs) it's uh it is not inherent to my being. So I can have that thought and that fear, but it's not necessarily a part of me. Mm-hmm. It's actually yeah. just like existing in in the blip of my consciousness. And it's not yeah. actually like here in my mind existing. I don't know if that makes sense, but totally it's like, makes almost sense. Like I can yeah. kind of separate myself from the thought of it. And that's been helping. My friend Delaney, her therapist told her to like schedule anxiety. Oh, I've heard like that you can before. panic about it from like three to three thirty. That bothers me. I, don't I like haven't been suggestion. able to do it, but it sounds great. Yeah, I'm like if I could schedule my anxiety in, that would. I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah, if you're just like, I'll deal with that later. Like it's compartmentalizing, which yeah. I am not good at. Like mm-hmm. I am just bleeding into everything uh-huh. else. Yeah. Like, yeah, every feeling I have is just ink. On toilet paper. I guess I do actually, now that I think about it, I guess I do get that concept. Like if you set a time and you were like nine o'clock in the morning, first thing I'm going to do is going to write down everything bad that could happen to me throughout the day for a half an hour. 
Yeah. It's going to get bored of it list. at some point. You're going to be like, okay, this is stupid. Yeah. And that's what you're talking about is just taking <laughs> just it like, outside yourself. Yeah. So you're like, like now holes. that's in here. Yeah. Sinkholes number one. Yes. <laughs> My massive fear. Um, yeah. I feel like the, like the detachment thing is is the piece that's I helped get, me. I guess that's mindfulness. Yeah, right? I guess. Mm. But like just the detachment is like, I'm like, yeah, all these things I'm now aware could happen every moment of every day. Yeah. And I could live, I can live in like massive anxiety and fear of it. But one of my fears is dying. So I might as well take advantage of enjoying right now yeah. before that happens. So that's really been the only thing that's been like actively helping me be like in the moment and not worried about that. Cause I'm like, I know my ultimate fear will happen at one point. Yes. So I just have to exist and have a good time and enjoy life now. Yeah. What about psychedelics? Do you do psychedelics? I was going to say, I did mushrooms for, again, in the special, I'll talk about it. I did mushrooms like for the first time, I guess like a year and a half ago. And I haven't done it a ton because it's like work. <laughs> when you do it, you're like, this is like five hours of intense emotional <laughs> work. Not fun. But it was, I was so scared to do them. And I did it with a friend of mine who's like very experienced. And it's like the only thing that is, I feel, helped my brain rearrange and like totally made a difference like for however long couple weeks after or something and just knowing that I could I've never been totally present except for then probably and knowing that I could be there again like having like that memory just helped me yes Mm -hmm. it's so strange like when you fall in love for the first time and then going forward it's really hard but you know you've fallen in love before so Mm -hmm. you can do it again Mm -hmm. is like kind of how it how it felt to me what about you yeah uh some horrifying traumatizing experiences i don't do them regularly at all i did such a low dose and it was great but you did did you do like a high dose uh i was just i've talked about this on the podcast before and on and uh, and on the gram Sorry for the repeat story, you guys, but Taylor hasn't heard it. So <laughs> haven't you guys? <laughs> like, um, when I it was just all bad scenario. I was in San Francisco. I don't like San Francisco. I had just had a horrible breakup the week oh. before. I was at a friend's house with uh, their boyfriend and roommates who I didn't know. It was like, oh. guys, let's do mushrooms. No, get this, get this, get this. Get this <laughs> People get this. you didn't. No, 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 get this. No, get this. <laughs> it gets so oh, but it gets worse. It gets worse. It gets worse. Oh, no. So we make the mushroom tea. Oh, he's intense. I drink it and then no, everyone else decides they're not going to. <gasps> everyone else dips out. What? <laughs> that is so mean. This is the worst story I've that ever is heard. so mean. It was, I mean, look, it, it, when I think back on it, I have grace for everyone and compassion. No, 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 no. But no, I was like, okay, so my You friend, should not have grace my, for okay, them. Yeah. They're terrible here's people the and you should not be friends with any of them here's anymore. here's the thing. My friend's boyfriend was a piece of shit I, the roommates didn't know me and i didn't know them and my friend had never done psychedelics before so it was kind of like oh no i just don't really feel well i don't really want you know like not knowing the weight of that kind yeah. of like sure. decision and how that might impact my experience so mm-hmm. i spent like the first hour in the bathroom with my face on the <gasps> toilet seat because it was the only thing that was cold that felt good no. calling my mom oh. Which I had a good cover because I had just had this horrible breakup. So I was just like, mom, right. I'm not in a good place. I need you to pray for me. And oh. she's like, I got you, you know. How and old were you? I felt a lot. I was 19, 18, okay. 18 19. So Yikes. 
that made me feel better. But then I just like laid on the top of a bunk bed with a towel over my face, listening to like the shitty EDM from the apartment below, which was the only thing like soothing me in that moment. (laughs) And it was just a lot. And then... I actually came out of that experience at the end of it. Like I remember looking in the mirror. It was like one o'clock in the morning. Everyone else was asleep. And I was looking at myself in the like dorm bathroom mirror, just being like, you are invincible. Like you've (laughs) overcome everything. Like I was so, I've always been scared of demons. I was so scared of demons, especially in my high school years. And I just remember being like, I could like fight a demon right now. And (laughs) I wouldn't even be like scared of it. And it was so cool. So then I decided like two months later, still really grieving the loss of this relationship and pretty much alone. I was at my dorm and then I decided I had I had bought mushrooms for someone. I was like, cool. So now I'm going to do mushrooms again now by myself and I'm going to curate this experience for myself. Well, like 15 minutes in, I felt myself coming up and started just panicking so then I was panicking then I was trying to take Benadryl to try to make myself go to sleep but then so then I was going in and out of sleep and I was like like Um, oh oh, so horrible so I was traumatized after that and uh, even now to this day, I have an irrational fear that I'm going to be drugged <gasps> with psychedelics from even just like orange juice from the store. Terrifies me. But I have done psychedelics since. Like I have done mushrooms like a few times since in smaller doses. And there's still a lot of anxiety with it. Yeah. But um, I will say like one, like I, I did a bit last year and what I felt for like two weeks was this insane um, desire to like work out like. Oh, all the like I wanted to like be outside and like be moving my body a lot, mm. which was interesting. Yeah, but I had like never experienced like just the pure desire to move my body outside yeah. of like I should work out. So that was an interesting experience. And then my neighbor is a psychedelic tantric guide. Ooh, yes, a fun neighbor and, to have. Uh, <laughs> and they Drop were just that telling website. me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were just telling me about doing bufo. Have you heard of this? No. And I keep telling Jess that she needs to do it. Because she's afraid of death. I haven't yeah. done much. I'm. I'm I think too, it would help your fear of death. I. I need to. I need to do it. Yeah. I need to do it because I'm so scared of doing anything. I, I just. Start, I, I smoked weed. I started smoking weed for the first time, ever, like a couple months ago. And is it good? It's so much. It's so great. I started. I started doing weed when I was like 22. And it was really great for like four years. And then it, I Turned had a bad sour. experience. I did too much and I had a bad experience. And now it like doesn't, it makes me too scared because I think my yeah. body just remembers well, that. Well, I had had, I had smoked weed once and I had a horrible experience. Oh, yeah. And then I never did it again for years and years and years. And then Becca was just like, you just had, you had way too much. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You can make sure you don't do it. And then I started having a little bit here and there. And I was like, oh, wow, I sleep so well. And I function like, you know, at the end of the day so nicely, like I can just be fully present and I can relax. Like I I know I need to do it. Meanwhile, I've been smoking weed every other day for a decade and I still get terrified out of my mind about 30% of the time. And yet I continue to do it. (laughs) We were just talking about it on the podcast. I was like, why do I keep doing this to myself? Uh, Anyway, but so this Bufo, you might like this too. Okay. It's this toad venom that you smoke. Oh my God. What? (laughs) Toad (laughs) venom? this toad venom. That you smoke. When okay. she said this to me, I was like, mm. okay, all right, go ahead. Organic. <laughs> yeah. So you can drive up to this apparently like multi million dollar home up in Malibu where this person facilitates it. You can go other places too. It's okay. $333. 
Oh my god. Get over yourself, <laughs> right? Toad Venom. You don't want to go with a partner though. Okay. Then you're paying six hundred and sixty six dollars. So yeah, you gotta be careful. It's per person. <laughs> it's per Not person. Amount. It's per okay. person. So so but you okay, so you smoke this toad venom and then apparently this is how my friend described it. You before you can even exhale, you're like gone. Like have you ever done have you ever done salvia? No. It's kind of like well okay so yeah before you can even exhale you're like there it's like dmt or something like that where you're like boom out of body it's not like shrooms where you're kind of like in out of reality and she said that the way she described it was um her soul going back to source recharging (gasps) and then coming back to her body that sounds amazing right (laughs) and she said she didn't even remember it she just kind of like woke up and had this knowing it only lasts like 20 minutes but sometimes people don't remember it at all she just had this knowing i'd want my money back if i didn't remember it like well yeah (laughs) but she said it felt like deja vu and this like knowing that uh that uh everyone is like connected and knowing that like the soul is disconnected from the body and that her soul was like you know forever intertwined with like this source and so were all of us She's only. I mean, that sounds great. I mean, mushrooms will do that though. Yeah, but there's also the scary aspects of it potentially too. But the toad venom isn't. I know. I was like, the toad venom scares me, like passing out and like waking up. But it's so. But it scares me. But it's so quick. See, that's that is what scares me about like mushrooms and acid, like. My boyfriend loves psychedelics, but I'm like, dude, when you're doing acid, you're signing up for like 12 hours sometimes. Right. It's a long, it's a it's long forever. time. It's Isn't a long DMT time. Isn't DMT like 20 minutes too, but it so. feels really long? Yeah, like forever. Like you I've live heard. in eternity. Yeah, the That's DMT. The that I don't want to do. No. No. <laughs> no. You feel like you're in like space reconnecting <laughs> no with some sort of like blue figure, but it feels like a hundred years. Don't want to like do 15 it. 15 minutes. No, no. I want whatever I do to feel very quick. I want it to be done. Right. Granted, though, I think the nice thing about DMT is that you are like sucked up, you know, like you're, you're beamed up. You don't like that aspect of it? I just, the idea of I it? just heard scary stuff about it, I think. Really? I think so, yeah. Uh, I just, you- it sounds like, I don't know. I don't want to feel like out of control necessarily. See, that's how I feel with, with mushrooms because I feel like I can sort of come back into yes. lucidity. And yeah. so that kind of scares me because then when I have the periods of lucidity during the trip, I can recognize that I was just tripping and being crazy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, that's how I feel about it. So interesting. Everyone's so different and everybody's experiences are so no. different. No. Your face is like, none of this is selling me on it. It just, you know. Where does your heart pull you? We're a nice, like, this is a perfect. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, <laughs> no, I don't want any part of it. Kind of, oh, open to it. Very open. Very open. Operating at Toad Venom. Yeah, yeah. yeah, No, she's literally like, it's her birthday this weekend. And I'm very scared that I'm going to show up and she's going to be like, I brought you here to enforce this on you. I would (laughs) never. Then I'm scared of the karma coming back around and someone, I would never. I just, you know, I know, here's my thing. I know it would be good for me. Mm -hmm. I do know it would be good for me. I'm just so scared of it. And I'm like you, I'm such a fearful person. Mm -hmm. Everything scares me. Like everything of every day when I this mm. is so embarrassing <laughs> a couple days ago no. I got stung by a bee for the first time you never been stung get stung by the bee and I convince myself immediately that I'm going into anaphylactic <gasps> shock which I'm not no. yeah 
And it's just the way I'm wired. All of a sudden, I'm laying on the ground. I'm like hyperventilating. I'm like, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. Give me about five minutes. Panic attack is over and I'm okay. Well, that's not that embarrassing. I literally buy Tropicana and I'm convinced someone put acid in it at the factory. (laughs) That's true. It's really not embarrassing. Yours is much more within the realm of <laughs> reality. You've never been stung before, and I then your heart starts beating fast, and then you think you're going into well, anaphylactic shock. But that's what happens to like all the time for me. Is I always get scared of something, and the heart starts beating so fast, and then I'm like, "Death! That's what's I'm happening. dying!" Like every time, I'm like, "Oh, I'm having a heart attack!" Like I always right. think, and but I just get myself there. Whenever I'm driving, this I mean, whenever I'm driving, every time I'm stuck underneath a bridge, I'm like, earthquake. Earthquake. Yeah, yeah of course. course. a big one. And you're just like, I gotta get past the bridge. Just <laughs> live. I just gotta get to the I'm other side. I just gotta get to the other side and it's traffic. You're just like, come on. I'm just gonna, like, and you're, like, pathing out or, like, making the pathways. of Like, if I get around here, if it starts shaking, then I can zip. I mean, it's just, so the idea of being fully out of control, I know would be good. Right. But I it's mean, so scary look, to me. Having children is something I've always wanted, but I don't know if I can handle mm-hmm. it because of the fear. Because, like, you're talking about not when you feel out of control. Like, isn't that just all it is? It's mm-hmm. just I made yes. these things that I love more than anything in the world that I'm so out of control. Yes. I will say having, and this is just personal, but having a child really helped my fear a lot. Because it was almost like the recognition of, yeah, you can't control it. Wow. So there's a little bit of a letting go where I like so much of my fear, I feel like, is because I hold so tightly 24 seven and that just aggravates it. So then all of a sudden when there's this little being that you're like, yeah, force, you're like, I can't, I cannot, I can't control what's going to happen. Like I can be a good mother and be there, but I can't control ultimately what's going to happen, that there's definitely a kind of a letting go. And I've gotten way less anxious since having a kid wow i think maybe i think part of that could be like they disrupt your patterns right and Mm -hmm. so like part of i think healing is disrupting right because you you can get into the patterns and rhythms i think especially with anxiety where you're like this is the way i'm going to do things and if i can do all these things this way then that will be predictable which means that i will be safer or like Mm -hmm. the illusion of safety and then that's literally impossible when you have kids but then again, some people do the opposite and then they try to cling even tighter, which does not bode well for raising children mm-hmm. at all. But yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like if you want it, if you want children one day, I'm like, I feel like do it you? helps. Yeah, I always have. But again, my only drawback is just the fear. Mm hmm associated with it. Are but you yeah, scared of like of them being on the planet or the giving birth part? No, I'm scared of them being on the planet. Okay. I'm scared yeah. of like losing them or something yeah, happening and it course. being my fault. And like, I was really well, scared of childbirth when I was a kid. And then I found out about drugs and I was yeah. like, oh, they'll, they yeah. numb you? Fine. Like, yeah. it'll hurt for a while. And also, everybody does it. So you're kind of like, yeah. like, what was it like for? That was my big thing is it's, I'm like, okay. Everyone got here. Every day, someone is giving birth, so I need to figure. I can. I can do this. Like we're gonna be fine. We we both did unmedicated. I was gonna ask. Oh my god, was it like the worst pain of your entire life? Really? No. No. (gasps) Really? Uh, It wasn't. I don't think I would say it was the worst pain of my life either. To be completely honest, the bee sting hurt really bad. (laughs) 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 It was. It was painful. What is the worst pain of your life? Um, I mean, honestly, I think what it is with having a kid, you're like something positive is on the other side. Mm. So I'm pushing through it. Other pain. It's like I remember one time I broke my wrist and then 
they had to re-break it without Medicaid. Oh they couldn't God. get it. So then I was like fully, I'm like, that probably hurt more than anything. Oh, that was terrible. That's so horrifying. It was terrible. But even in general, I'm like, when I have like a horrible migraine and I'm like throwing up and my head hurts so <laughs> yes. bad, I'm like, this is worse, honestly, because I don't know when this is going to end and there's nothing positive coming out of the other side of this except me hopefully feeling better yeah. for like the next day before the next migraine comes, yeah. you know? Or like you hate the dentist. I bet you'd pick giving oh, birth over the dentist. What am, I, <laughs> what am I even saying? My dental work, that hurt the worst by a mile. Um, oh, yeah. I would rather give birth constantly than go to the dentist. Wow. <laughs> yeah, once a month. Let's pop one out. Because <laughs> there's just something positive. And as a, the thing is, too, it's like, do you get bad cramps? You know what's funny? I I did not have a period for years once I got on um, my birth control, yeah. which is apparently normal Yeah, for this birth control anyway. And my periods were so painful all growing up and it's why I got on birth control because mm-hmm. I wasn't having sex. Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> God, of course. Re- like once I hit the pandemic, like while I was in quarantine, my period started coming back weirdly. Interesting. So I would get it like occasionally and like a full period, not just like spotting. And then like in the last year, now I get it like every other month or like every two months like I'm on it right now and it's like the worst cramps that I've had. Oh, I'm so sorry. That, like in so long. It's so weird. That's but weird that all of a sudden it came back. It's, super it's weird. like I know that it's stressful enough these past few years of the pandemic. I so <laughs> the period's gonna come back and hurt. Let me tell you something though. Childbirth will be fine then. Yeah. Cause it's similar. It's it's it literally is a cramp. It's like a it, cramp. it's a period cramp. Yeah. That, okay. That well, <laughs> it's not just a period cramp, but but it in it just like if it's familiar. It slowly intensifies. Yeah. It's very familiar. Yeah. Okay. And it just like gets, I mean, it does get to the point, of course, where it's like, like yeah. flowing through your whole body where you're like, uh, you're in it. But at that point, I will say if you can get comfortable enough wherever you are, like I had my first, my, my first kid in a birth center and the second at home. And like with my second at home, I was like in the dark bathroom, like, you know, on my own, just like doing it. And I, because I was so comfortable, I do think like then you get the, you get the endorphins flowing and all the, all the hormones and chemicals. And then you're just like, talk about a psychedelic trip. You're just like kind of somewhere else. And at that point, like I did think what was interesting is there were times where it was really intense, but I never once thought like, I've got to go get an epidural right now. I was kind of like too far to even like conceptualize that. It was just like, uh, the baby's got to come out. So you had like a doula? I had a midwife. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's um, the difference? Midwife is like medical, like a okay. like a doctor. Like birthing the baby. But a doula's not. A doula's just emotional support. Oh, okay, gotcha. And like an advocate. So okay. they're very trendy right now, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like right. everyone knows. I thought that was the same thing. I'm so glad yeah. I asked. Yeah, no, the doula, I had a doula because I was in a hospital and the doula was like making sure that like I was taken care her of. Her preferences and I was good. were yeah. what she wanted yeah. for the birth. So nice. It was so nice. That's what yeah. my tour manager does on tour. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you need to know Mel You're a tour doula. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take deep breaths. Okay. That's how you should introduce <laughs> you should my tour my doula. doula. That's so funny. <laughs> but for real, when all of a sudden it's like if the venue's not doing what they said they were going to do, no. it's like, excuse me. So <laughs> the doctor's the like, hey. the venue. <laughs> like, I have a very successful podcast. This is the venue now. <laughs> this is her list of preferences. You're just like shaking in the corner. Right. They're like, here's her rider. <laughs> <laughs> she needs lots of ice chips. 
But yeah, yeah midwife's no. got to go through school and all that. Yeah, gotcha. But if okay. it, yeah, if you get the bad cramps, you'll be fine. I know. That's what I was thinking yesterday. Yesterday they were really bad. Today I'm like <laughs> got ahead of it with ibuprofen. Oh, but yesterday I was like, oh my god, like this has not happened in years where it's just like shooting up oh, you. Yeah. Really, this is like no. That's like a contraction. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. yeah shoot, the way you describe shooting up you. Yeah. It's yeah. like through your body where yeah. you're like full. Okay, yeah. well, I'm not scared anymore. No, then you're fine. <laughs> yeah. well, then you gotta push it out, too. Yeah. There's that part. But the pushing oh, yeah. is relief. That sounds... It's pure relief. Well, really? But what about, like, the tearing and stuff? That's That was the part that I was the most scared of. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, the again, the adrenaline's so wild, and, like, you're just ready to push that it's just, like... I didn't have it, though. I was... The first time I was miserable through the pushing, I was like, give me back the contractions now. Yeah. Um, How long does the pushing last? Depends. Mine was three hours. Yeah, mine three was hours? Did my second, my son. Okay, here's the thing. I thought pushing was like the final twenty seconds. It should be. <gasps> okay, it here's should the, okay, be. okay, okay, okay. Here's the other thing. Now I'm gonna go on my little rant, but this is the other problem: is that like usually, like in a hospital or at the birth center I was at, they'll be like, "You're at ten centimeters. Start pushing." But like. Your body might not There's be ready. not really any need to do that. Like I've heard stories of women taking like an, an literally like a nap after they get to 10 centimeters and their body has to like crank up energy. Mm-hmm. So then you can get it quick. Well, yeah. So I feel like it's better to wait until you feel your body pushing because like with my son, I just was like, don't check me. I don't want to know when I'm at 10 centimeters. Just like no one get near me. And then I like felt his head drop and like <gasps> I couldn't stop it like my body just started pushing and he was like out in like five seconds wow which mm-hmm. was so cool yeah that's so cool but with my daughter they were like 10 centimeters and so I was just like laying yeah. and trying to push for like three hours and I was like not pushing again I mean it's like nothing was happening you know and I should have just like saved my energy yeah anyway. God, birth so is weird it yeah, pregnancy in like TV and movies is like sex Orf. in TV and movies where it's like so much faster than <laughs> it extreme. should be. Yeah, we're like, time to push. And then like literally yeah. 10 <laughs> seconds later, there's a baby. And I'm realizing that's my only frame of reference because yeah. <laughs> I've never actually asked, how long are you pushing? Like I knew labor could be like, how long was labor for you guys? 32 hours. <gasps> yeah. But, but it's... It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's different. It's different stages, right? So right. like yeah. it starts off and it's slow. It starts off it's feeling like bad. the lightest period cramps. You're just like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And then you have usually when you start, you have like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes in between each little cramp that lasts like 20 seconds. Okay. Yeah. And then when you're in the last, but then I know some people have had like an hour long labor, which sounds great, except that, <sighs> except that it was like they were walking around the house, then their water broke. And next thing they're like, ah! Yeah, like you know it just goes zero to 100 Whoa. like in the movies which doesn't happen very often yeah but the nice thing about a long one is you slowly ramp yeah. up so you can slowly make yeah. your you way take naps in between mm-hmm. contractions wow yeah anyway it's just one of those weird things that like so many people experience that's just kind of wild yeah like, how how does this happen well did you think you'd be getting an education in birthing yeah, so and talking about the church oh my god and this your has trauma? been so great and so <laughs> educational and so validating like I feel the same. Taylor, it was so... Okay, so you have your own podcast called Sad in the City. Yes, Yes. I started a podcast That's such a good name. Thank you so much. I couldn't believe it wasn't taken uh, about like being bi-coastal and being on the road and stuff. And a lot of it is about New York City. And we get like so many emails now um, from people who have like moved or are about to move or in that like... Just like that tough transition period in your 20s and 30s usually where... 
you go through a big breakup and you move or you get into a program and you have to move there. You get a cool job somewhere and it's your dream job, but you don't want to go to Wichita, but your dream job's yeah. in Wichita. Like just so much or you move for a relationship and like it was it was started because I was feeling that way personally. And like even if people aren't in the exact same situation that you're in, it's just so helpful to hear other people going like, I'm really lonely mm-hmm. over here and mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what I'm going to do next. So, uh, yes, that's the podcast out in the city. And then, yeah, the new Netflix special is called Look at You. It comes out March 8th. And uh, the old one's called Quarter Life Crisis, if you haven't seen that. Alex. And I'm on tour. And I'm on tour oh, and still. On tour, yes. So, yeah, go to ttomcomedy.com for tickets. Um, a bunch of stuff coming up. This is out next week. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think I'm in like Boise and Salt Lake City, Napa, Monterey. Fun. Um, Cincinnati, Green Bay, Nashville, Knoxville. New York City. Those are all the ones I can remember off the top of my head, but there is more. Vegas, LA. Damn, good for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank Taylor you so Tomlinson, much for everybody. Coming, we really enjoyed it and thanks for coming on. Yes. Thank you. I'm gonna go get pregnant. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all do it together. Let's all do it together. All right, bye. Chat soon. Chat soon. Uh, that was so fun. Was thanks, guys. Thank you, Taylor. So funny.